Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, this is Stuart Roberts, founder of Haircuts for Homeless, and welcome to the Hear Me, See Me podcast. I'm going to be talking to people who are truly inspirational to me, some you may have heard of, and some you haven't, but you really need to hear their story. Hello, this is Stuart from Hear Me, See Me podcast, and today I've got um, a guest who I've met very recently, um, uh, but it's fascinating, you know, his story, and I love what he does. So today I'm talking to Chris Haycock from Kitbag. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks, Stuart. Uh, thanks for inviting me along. I'm excited. Yeah. Are you excited? Yeah. Oh, you're, you're easily pleased, mate, aren't you? Oh, I am, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't get <laughs> out much. Stuart. don't get out much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, we met recently, recently because Sarah's Trust, um, the, the Dutch of York's charity, um, they sort of contacted us separately to get together and do this. Well, we did something earlier on. I won't say too much because you can tell us your story, but we did something in the pandemic and then just last week we've done something again. But um, please tell us about, you know, where you began with it all and your motivations for why you set up Kitbag. Yeah, well, it, it's <laughs> it's a bit of a long, <laughs> bit of a long-winded story, but um, and, and in fact, it's a story that it, I usually find it really hard to start because it, it's um, it, it it goes it, it almost goes back to my childhood. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try something a little bit different that I haven't done before um, to kind of kick off um, it, you know the, the the whole journey. And I'd like you to to close your eyes. And imagine for one moment that uh, it is two o'clock in the morning. It's absolutely freezing cold. You're in one of the dodgiest places in London in a dark alley. You are underneath a set of concrete stairs outside, obviously. You are bitterly, bitterly cold right to the bones. You are absolutely starving. You've got no sleeping bag. You've got hardly any warm clothes. You've just got a light jacket. As I said, you're hungry, you're thirsty, you're tired. You've got the sound of the the sirens going past. You're scared for your life. And you cannot wait until the morning comes to when you can actually get on the circle line on the tube just to get get an hour's sleep. And the worst thing of all is that you know that this, from here on, this is your life. This is how you you lead your life. Okay, so that's something a little bit different for a change to kick things off. And that's exactly where I was when I was was 22. And things had taken a bit of a turn for the worse because um, I left the Navy... I spent five years in the Navy, traveling the world, and I had a nice, secure job. Um, it was a good job in the Navy as well. I was, I was handling uh, cryptographic material, um, top secret and above materials, passing it from department to department, uh, in, into government. Um, and things were, things were good, but I wasn't really satisfied with that. I needed to be able to fulfill my own destiny. And you can't really do that in the forces. You know, you get told to do something 
and um, and you go ahead and do it. You, you know, there's no flexibility to do whatever you want to like in, in life and to fulfil your ambitions. So I decided to leave the Navy. And because I was working in Northwood, a massive underground bunker, so to speak, in, in North London, I decided to do a, um, uh, uh, um, uh, what's was, what's the name of that that guy um, that went to London to seek his fortune? What's his name again? Oh, Dick um, Whitton. Dick Whittington, yeah. So I've decided to do a bit of a Dick Whittington and and, and head to London, into London. But the streets are paved with gold. <laughs> exactly, yeah. A little did I find that, you know, there, there, there wasn't any. Um, and I ended up working for this um, quite dodgy um, company who were operating a, 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 a pyramid selling scheme, uh, selling stuff door to door. So so that's what I was doing. But but then um, I got fired from that job because I, 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 got, um, I got mugged twice. Uh, both of them at uh, a knife point, uh, once in Broadwater Farm in Tottenham, where I accidentally stumbled across uh, and I had all of my, my belongings uh, stolen from me. Um, and again, on the tube late at night, uh, you know, massive bag of merchandise. And basically, I I, I, I had nothing left. And the, the, the company that I was working for decided to fire me because, I you know, I couldn't even look after my own belongings. So I I ended up in this situation um, after spending a few few months sofa surfing, um, just trying to get by, and I found myself um, in the cold, uh, in the dark, alone, very very scared, with one pound coin left to my name, and I realised that i needed to do something with this pound this this was this was my last pound ever i had to do something with it so i thought i can either spend it on a bag of chips or i can actually do something productive with it and hope that i can get myself out of this situation because as i said it, it suddenly dawned on me that this was this could be my life and this this could finish me off so i thought right okay and because of my contacts in doing the door-to-door -door sales, I knew of a, um, a wholesaler um, in London where I could go and take that last one-pound coin and just beg them to buy one of something, which is quite unusual. You know, you go to a wholesaler, they won't, they, you know, <laughs> you got one pound, they, they get out, you know. But I, I begged this guy to, um, to buy one single thing, and that thing was a, a, a toy mobile phone right and uh, at the time it was just when when mobile phones were becoming quite popular yeah so i thought okay if i take this mobile phone door to door as i did before and sell it for three pounds then okay right well, i could at least feed myself then so i went door to door knocking door to door hello you're doing this at the old sales pitch and everything and eventually i sold it for three pounds and I went and ate those bo the, that bag of chips that I craved, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is amazing! I'm, I've, I've got some food inside me." And I had a couple of pounds left, and I thought, "Right, I'm going to go back to that um, back to that wholesaler and buy three of them because it would cost sixty seven p each." So I bought three of them. And I thought, "Okay, well, I'm going to repeat what I've just done," and then went back out knocking door to door, selling each one, and I made nine pounds. 
And then I went back to the wholesaler, and with that £9, I bought a, a whole lot more, plus a bag to actually keep it in. And then over the course of the next um, few weeks, I just kept repeating that process and repeating it and repeating it over and over and over again until I got to the point where I was making enough money to be able to stay in a backpacker's hostel um, in, in Earl's Court. Yeah. Um, and that was that was nine pounds a night. And I was like, yes, I yeah. finally fe- felt as though I was back in real society again. You know, it might have been a backpacker's hostel, but I had a bed for the first time in months. And it was just the best thing ever. And I kept doing that over and over again to going back to the wholesaler, buying these toys. And then when when that got a bit saturated, I went and bought things like pots and pans, um, other toys, household stuff, basically just a pile of crap. Yeah. Um, and I, but I just went out there and sold it until I sold everything. Sometimes I'd be working right up until um, you know, you know, eleven, twelve o'clock at, at night, just to make sure that I had enough money just to to stay in in, in the hostel overnight. Um, and then, it, basically, things just grew. From there, the the, the homeless, uh, sorry, the backpackers hostel decided to take me on as their night manager, which was brilliant because I could do what I was doing during the day, going out there selling stuff, but then uh, stay in there for free at night because I was looking after the the backpackers um, hostel, you know, checking people in. And I was getting a little bit of kip as well because it was quite a relaxed kind of place. So... Then it really grew from there, and and I really decided that okay, I like this hotel lark. Yeah, I decided to um to move to Torquay. You know, the, right. loads of hotels there. I thought I, I can make it in Torquay. Yeah. It's not so cutthroat as London, but I can actually start off a career in catering. And I thought okay, let's go, let's go there, and um and I struggled. I really struggled because um no one wanted me because. I didn't have any ID. My ID had all been stolen or lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't have a bank account. I still basically was living the life of um, a, a homeless person without any identity. Yeah. But eventually, um, a hotel called the Rainbow Hotel, three-star hotel in in London, uh, sorry, in Torquay, decided to hire me as the uh, the duty manager, a junior duty manager, and I basically made up made my way right the way through um, up to hotel manager. Then um, I became the one of the the the, the youngest pub landlords in, um, in in the whole of Devon at one point. Wow. But unfortunately, I was waiting <laughs> for a part. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I told you there were good some, yeah, some twists. Yeah. Well, twist. This was the rave era. All oh, right. I got into drugs and, yeah. and alcohol, and yeah. I eventually became homeless again. And yeah. I lost everything once over and over again. And it just seemed like this unending story of, of of despair and depression and drugs and you know but I still had that burning desire to get ahead so I just used to just keep picking myself up over and over again yeah. until um uh, until I eventually moved from um from Torquay and I started to learn about um marketing 
And marketing was finally the thing that that changed everything from uh, for me because I got into the digital side of marketing, um, yeah. and, and and building websites. And this was this was right at the at the start of the the, the internet back in nineteen ninety six or so, yeah. and everyone loved me because I could build websites. And before yeah. I knew it, um, one of the top law firms in London hired me as their webmaster. And I was on £42,000 a year. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, I'm rich. Yeah, yeah. yeah. lottery money. But it gave me the, um, uh, the, the knowledge and skills to really grow from there. Yeah. And, and from then on, I started building my own websites, just, you know, side projects that would earn, you know, £100, £200 a month just so I could get drinking money, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but then I, I realized that if I could build one one website that earned 200 pounds a month, I could build a whole network of websites um, yeah. that, and, and, and grow them. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. And now I've got a, a, a network of uh, around about 30 different websites and all different kind of doing different kinds of, of, of things. I've got a yeah. traffic update website. I've got a, a business directory. So I've got a, um, a a pilot radio telephony training platform. Oh, you name it. I've, I've got fingers in so many pies, you wouldn't believe it. But I was able to give up my job and, um, and concentrate on this full time back in 2011. And um, it was doing really well. So I incorporated it into a limited company and I've grown bit by bit ever since and now um i've got a successful company um i um uh, I've, I've now married i've got a nice car nice house i managed to to get my pilot's license i bought an airplane even and <laughs> things were things were really rosy but I, I did something something wasn't quite right and don't worry i'm getting to the end of the oh, story oh, oh, this is i was waiting for this bit because it, <laughs> it, 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 it's fascinating with people it just there's never enough, is there? That, that we, until you finally realise that you need something else. But yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the, yeah. the thing is, I still had this gnawing thing going on in the back of my head yeah. that I thought I, I'm I'm missing something here, and yeah. what I was missing was giving something back. Yeah, and that was uh, that that was becoming more and more important to me. The fact that okay, I'd I'd made it. Basically, I'd I'd, yeah. I'd I'd taken that journey from uh, from being homeless to having a successful company, and um, and I was earning more money than I really needed, yeah. and I thought oh, I've got to do something now. So I thought, and I was going over to Birmingham to help out um, at, at an amazing charity over in Birmingham called Homeless One, um, who feed the homeless every single night, three hundred and sixty-five days a year. Yeah, and it suddenly dawned on me. I thought, what if I give out? Uh, sorry, what if I give out sleeping bags? Yeah, and then I thought, yeah, but what if what if I give out sleeping bags with items in them? Yeah, and then it's suddenly this eureka moment where I thought, oh, this is it. This is what I can do to actually pay it forward. Well, it's kind of half paying it back and half paying it forward because yeah, I, I get that the way that it worked. So I came up with the idea of having kit bag which is a, a, a charity that puts together um, uh, homeless packs, which include 
um, a sleeping bag, toiletries, some warm clothing, first aid kit, um, uh, an information uh, sheet. Um, so everything that a person needed um, based on how I felt when I was when I was homeless, you know, I was cold. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't have anything. I, I wasn't able to wash. You, you know, all those those yeah. things that we take for granted um, are now contained in a in a kit bag, um, in a little sort of uh, uh, rucksack thing, and then we give them to the homeless. So it feels like I've come full circle, and it feels that what I'm doing has um, scratched that itch. Yeah. And I've never really been more satisfied. And it's it's kind of closed the whole loop. That's it. Yeah. Um, and that basically is my story. As uh, uh, And I've tried, I've had to cut that down, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's brilliant. I mean, your description of that feeling, that fear, um, and I think that's what sometimes people overlook. They, they, they sent a twill on the... Um, the discomfort of being homeless. Yeah. But people very rarely um, talk about the fear. Um, and, you know, when I first got into this world, I I was so naive about it all. You know, mm. there's things, misconceptions I had. You know, all, um, all homeless people, they're all drunks and yeah. drug addicts and all these things. You know, I very quickly learned well, that's not the case. You know, yeah. some do drink, some take drugs, but um, it's not all of them. Um, sometimes they do it just for comfort. I mean, I'm 16 years recovered alcoholic. Um, I'll get told off some people like to say recovering. I don't think it matters really. <laughs> I spent <laughs> a drink for 16 years. I took any drugs. So, that's, you know, that's the thing. But even I sometimes say, I don't blame them. You're, you're that cold. You're that, mm. you know, and, and, and that you want the ease and comfort of a drink. Also, just purely to warm you up, you know, that warm feeling. Yeah. You're not going to, and you're going to get that quick. You in, instantly, like you'll have a drink, and you, you know, you'll get that warm feeling. Uh, it's temporary; it leads to a lot more problems. But mm-hmm. that fear, um, and and I learned quickly that why do they all sleep? They all sleep all day. There must be, you know. And I used to think, oh, you won't sleep at night. But then once some bloke says to me, he said, "Look, I can't sleep at night. I might get, I might get, you know, attacked, robbed, yeah. all these things." I've got to keep on my feet all night. So come the morning when it's a bit safer, I'll find somewhere and get that, get my head down, you know. Yeah, it's it, it's something that, that people don't realise, isn't it? That they, they, they get this um, misconception of, of, of homelessness, of a roughly, rough sleeping in particular, that, um, you, you know, it they have the, they have the same kind of routines as us. It's completely different. And even if you do find safety... It is so cold, you know, you sit outside, even on a summer's night, if you're spending all night outside, it's still bloody cold. Yeah. It's still absolutely freezing in, in the summer, you know, never mind the winter. So, you know, during the day, at least you've got the, the safety and maybe a little bit more warmth as well. So you're absolutely right on that one. Yeah, and I think other people, I didn't realise at all that how wet everything gets oh, at night. Yeah. Everything yeah. is soaking wet. And, you know, like, I've done a couple of sleep outs and it, they were, like, even they were all right. I thought I knew a lot again until I'd done that because yeah. I thought, um, it, well, it didn't rain, yeah. you know. It was cold. It didn't rain. Everything, within about 45 minutes, everything was, yeah. was soaking wet. Because yeah, you're so breathing, so you wrap yourself up, with all the condensation and everything, and just the, I mean, it's like trying to put your washing out at night. 
Mm. I'll do that because you leave it out soaking wet. And that's why I'm still with you if you do have a sleeping bag. I'm going to talk about sleeping bags because what I love about them is they're compact and lightweight because people forget, again, they've got to carry this stuff around all the time, <laughs> you know. And I have had people say, oh, look, I've got this for someone, and I go, like, sorry, it's, it's great, but that's gonna, they're going to they're gonna chuck it after a little while because yeah. there's big bulky thing, you know, um, or the big bulky things that people have to lay on, you know. Mm. You've got to carry that around all the time. So your bags, I think, are well thought through, you know, they're lightweight, and those essentials inside uh, make all the difference. Because you're not just yeah. getting a bag with some rest. You've got those other, you know, you, you, you separated them out into women's and men's. Mm. You know, I had a look at, you know, and in the women's ones, you've got like a pair of clean knickers, you know? And you think, you know, like how important for a lady to just get a pair of clean drawers, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A lot of it is dignity, yeah. isn't it? You yeah. Know, if, if you're giving someone... Um, a little bit of um, almost like personal care and, and yeah. you know, stuff to, to make them clean. You're giving people a little bit of dignity, and that's what's missing yeah. with a lot of people on the streets. Yeah, because they, you know, where do you get a wash? You know, like yeah. it's, you know, um, recently, I, 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 this week I did a one and a, a couple of people, and, you know, it was, I was sort of like cutting hair and I, I was sort of like having to, put my head to one side to take a breath, you know, because when I was around the front cutting, you know, it was it was very, very pungent, you know, this. Yeah. But, you know, it, to not be out, I mean, and not, you know, we don't, we underestimate a lovely warm shower. And everyone's, if this mm. morning has jumped in that lovely warm shower and gone, oh, I'm a shower. The actual, the, the, the comfort and the, the, Really, sometimes I make myself enjoy my shower. You yeah. know, I just go right. Hang on, show. This is a treat, you know. Like, right? yeah. you you can not in that way, but you can really enjoy a shower. Don't yeah. like, <laughs> not getting too personal. <laughs> you can enjoy it when you've not had one yeah. for some time. You, you yeah. know, when you know what it's really like yeah. to not have access to one. Yeah, uh, I mean, we, we take it for granted, don't we? The, you know, the, yeah. our, our little home comforts like running water or even just fresh water, warm. Yeah. Um, you know, the, those showers and bed, it's so easy to take it all for granted. Yeah. I mean, when we first uh, contacted each other, um, uh, for through Sarah's Trust, I believe that was again. Yeah. Uh, that was in the pandemic. Now, there was a massive problem. What people didn't realise is that at the beginning of the pandemic, it was wonderful. They, they got a lot of people inside. You know, mm. um, and fair play. But what people didn't realise that there was this big announcement that we're getting everyone inside, and they don't. They did. They they stood up to the word. What they didn't make a big announcement of was when they started kicking them out. Yeah, and that's that that sort of time was um, you know particularly one of our groups in Milton Keynes um, really do it over and above. You know, they do all the haircutting what we do, but they you know lots of other things involved and when they when I got the opportunity of these I knew straight away they would use them well so they mm. they got some um but you know Hetty uh, contacted me and said that they're all getting a day's notice and they're all getting put out but problem was all their stuff they'd got has gradually all disappeared so now they're getting a day's notice but they've got nothing so your kit bags uh, I remember driving a lot up there to um, Hetty, and um, th- it was 
you just knew they was going to make such a difference to people because because yeah. you got you get declimatized so you get acclimatized to being outside but you then you get soon get declimatized by being inside yeah and it, it's almost like it, it's harder because you then yeah. got to face that again yeah, and you're really facing right. but you've lost all your stuff yeah. you know and that was inc- that was an incredible time i dropped some at bethnal green as well um and you know it was so appreciated so what you do um it is a it is a wonderful thing, you know, like because you you don't want that for a pat on the back, but it's nice someone to remind yourself or someone to remind you. Yeah, it's worth that effort, you know. It, like. it, exactly, exactly. I mean, when when um, because <laughs> you, you mentioned about the the pandemic and having a, 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 a it was a huge batch that um, the Duchess of York. Um, uh, ordered from us yeah. and normally we don't do this sort of thing we normally we, we say well you can't really order from from us no. um you need to donate money through the website and then we will distribute a sleeping bag to someone so we've cut the last couple of times with the duchess we, we, we have made an exception yeah. um admittedly probably because it is the duchess and we weren't in a position to to yeah. really say no well i'll um, say no to aren't you <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but it was it was amazing. The, the, the first five hundred um, back in two thousand and twenty was it twenty or twenty one? I think it was I twenty, think, wasn't it? I think it was twenty. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I remember because we we couldn't really get hold of enough stuff because of the, the, you know the, the whole um, global transportation system had, had almost collapsed. Yeah. It was it was so difficult to get hold of everything, um, but eventually um, we we got everything together for five for five hundred kit bags, and it was just me, my wife, and my two twin girls who were, were at the time eight, um, all just in the lounge with a, a production line, just putting yeah. all you know five hundred of them together. And it was, it was. I thought, I don't know whether we can do this. I really don't know whether we can do it. But we persevered anyway. And it, just that feeling of, because I, I took them down there personally to uh, to, to the Royal Lodge and sat, uh, well, stood there um, chatting with the Duchess um, for probably about half an hour or so in yeah. the grounds. You, you know, yeah. Prince Andrew coming a, coming along and just saying, oh hi. Um, it, it was the most surreal experience ever, but it kind of it it, it rekindled my passion for doing it in a way because um, you know when you're doing charity with charitable work so much, sometimes you get a little bit blasé about it, can't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you think, oh, got to do this again. But then you know some certain things come along and rekindle that passion, and yeah. I really feel as though. I've, you know, I'm going to be pushing kit bag a lot more in the in the next couple of years or so. Definitely, yeah, I, I think so because it's 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 been so well thought out that um, it, I've got a lovely story for you that uh, I was driving back from. I was it was when I was at Bethnal Green. Yeah, and uh, I was on the way there and I stopped at the traffic lights. And you know when you get an awkward moment where someone's begging at the traffic lights. Yeah, everyone yeah. everyone starts going looking looking under. <laughs> It was like looking under them, right? Just so they don't make eye don't make eye contact with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this bloke's going along and uh he, he I wound the window down. I went, Are you are you are you sleeping out, mate? I think he thought I was questioning like, you know, whether he should yeah. have any money. I said, You out are you sleeping out, mate? Are you inside? He went, No, I'm out. He says it's really like, you know. 
uh, a struggle at the moment. I said, could you do a, a sleeping bag? He went, oh, he said, I really, really could. And I'd, I, had, I had them in the van, but I had a couple in the front well. Yeah. I went, yeah, mate, have one of these. I said, it's got a few bits in there as well, you know. Fantastic. It was like I'd give someone else a packet, a, a bag of gold. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell when it's genuine. You this can. It was genuinely like over the moon because it was, yeah. I suppose, so really for me, he wants a few, a few coins and someone hands him this. Mm. <laughs> you know, you can use this because it's a great, I think it's a great story of how important your stuff is, you know. It is. It's a great feeling actually handing one because normally we we distribute them to out outreach groups and you yeah. know um, homeless angels that you know those kind of um, organisations, but sometimes we'll go out and actually hand them out ourselves yeah. as well. Um, even late at night, you know, we're quite happy to walk around around Birmingham giving them yeah. out. Um, and there's that sense of. Um, what sort of sense is it? I don't know. It's, it's not really a sense of achievement because you're not patting yourself on the back, but it's a sense that you're um, that you're changing someone's life just slightly. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, we're yeah, not getting yeah. them out of homelessness, and yeah. we don't claim to be able to solve yeah. homelessness. But if we can just do that one small thing, just to give a little bit of comfort yeah. and a little bit of dignity to someone, then it feels great. Yeah, well, we we funny enough you mentioned we've got a lovely centre in Birmingham we go to, and I should be visiting next year early. Oh right, next year. So we'll have to. Are you do you, are you based in? Do you live in Birmingham? It, I'm I'm about half an hour out. I'm out, out in the sticks, the other side of Stafford. Yeah, but we'll have to try and see if you're free that yeah. day. Oh, on. definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it only takes me up. half an hour to get into Birmingham. Yeah, and you can see us in action. Yeah, it might be nearer because this place is just outside City Road, I think. Right. Um, we've got a lovely project there, uh, which hopefully is going to continue. Because like a lot of these these places, they struggle to keep going because they're not big independent, they're not big massive charities. Mm. Little independent places where people get together and try and help people, uh, they have the same struggles of finding enough money for the rent and all these things. But mm. yeah, it'd be nice to it'd be nice to see each other. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll organise that. But, um, yeah, and recently we, we've had the call again from the Duchess. <laughs> and uh, we you you actually come to my house, didn't you, and dropped off... I did, yeah, yeah. A shitload of... Uh, got the name completely wrong, but there you go. <laughs> Listen, mate, I've been called a lot worse than Matthew, <laughs> I tell you, mate. <laughs> Especially in my house. But, yeah, I was so lucky that day because my wife was out and everyone was out. <laughs> And my sister, we was working in the office with my sister. Yeah. Uh, so you turned up with a hundred of these kids. <laughs> <laughs> so my wife would have actually flipped them because, <laughs> bless her, she's very compassionate, but she does get the ump with all this stuff turning up at her house. So I've done yeah. Oh, no, what you got now? <laughs> temporary, temporary. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it, it was brilliant. And we, we went up there on Friday. I don't know what week it is, but I think it was last Friday we went up there uh, to uh, Knightsbridge. You know, an amazing yeah. place. Um, and it's called uh, uh, Restart Lives. And oh, right, yeah. Every Friday night in the middle of uh, Knightsbridge, the most opulent part of London, you know, and you, there's a there's a church, big St Columbus Scottish church there. Yeah. Underneath, that they they serve between eighty hundred people every Friday. Oh wow, fantastic! Food and everything, you know. Yeah. So you, your bags was given out. Um, oh good. And they, they sent along 
cakes, which I sampled and made sure they was right for everyone, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think well, I'm sleeping bags from Sarah's Trust. Had, uh, sorry, hot water bottles. Oh, right, cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. Great idea, yeah. yeah. Yeah, some hot water bottles. And people say, you know, like, well, how are they going to walk? But, you know, you, you can, if you can get a cup of hot water from somewhere, you can fill it up. You know, you haven't got yeah. to have a kettle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can beg sin and borrow a cup of hot water and then that, that's, that yeah. does the trick as well. But yeah. yeah, it was it was brilliant. It was such a good evening, and and they made it like a big party for everyone, you know, Christmas party, and it, it was oh cool, yeah. yeah, yeah, it really was a good thing. So you, you so what's the plans then for for next year, and what what, what do you want to do going forward? Um, well, going forward, um, what I want to do is um, first and foremost, I've I've got to update the website. It's um, I, I've, I've just whacked it's just it together. Ironic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I build all these stuff, but I don't take care of you know stuff that's that's really important. I mean, it's it's fully functional. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah. um, uh, for anyone wanting to know, it's kitbag.com. Um, it's simple we'll put that. all that at the end. We'll we'll make sure of all course, the links. Yeah. You send me all the links, and we'll put that on. So, so that's really the next stage is to to get that sorted. Um, I, myself and the trustees, and I've got to squeeze in their names if if, if I may, because yeah. they're absolutely fundamental. There's there's there's, um, there's five of us. Um, there's there's me. There's uh, Amy, um, Eric, um, Becky, and Graham. All work together, um, and we 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 share we we share the workload. So if we get a big batch one person will do it and then the next time someone else will do it and we all do it in our own time we're all working full-time and you know we just we we just crack on and and just do it any expenses come out of our own pockets that's how that's how important it is for us so you know we're going to get get together um next year discuss what we want to do um we haven't got any set plans but as as long as we're still getting kit bags out on the streets yeah that job done yeah fantastic you made me feel guilty now my trustees right. are <laughs> millie kendall obe <laughs> <laughs> um adam oh my brain's gone well my brain's gone you don't yet get an actual yeah, I, know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Really, I think i'm going for me menopause <laughs> adam reed adam reed celebrity hairdresser and uh Andrew Pereira who's uh a PR. Oh, right. yeah 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 so we've got some look I'm going all red I'm really embarrassed by <laughs> but uh yeah yeah these two, like you know I've never I've never mentioned the trustees you know like and they do so much you know yeah. uh, and you, you you need you need that uh driving force behind you you know yeah. so that you can go off and do it that's the thing. Yeah, they can take care exactly. Of if if it was just me, I'd, I think I would have. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do it full stop. No, no. and my, my work, like me and my sister, work alongside each other. Um, and we had we worked, we've worked together for thirty odd years. Um, probably coming up to forty years now. That right. uh, we, you know, we run a hairdressing salon together. Yeah. Uh, I was the flamboyant front of house, and she's the brains behind the action. And that's yeah. what it sort of fed over to this, you know. Um, yeah, and I think I'm I'm grateful to you for that. So it's important to to shout out about the people that people don't see. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, yeah, it it is, and I, I'd like to take this opportunity as well, just to to really um, for you to get some recognition for what you do, because what you do, you know, you've been doing it for so long, yeah. and you you've changed over the course of years. You've changed so many lives for so many people, and you, you know what what you do is truly amazing. The, the lot of you, so kudos to all of you. Yeah. You know your you and your team. I think the biggest change from it is I've changed my own life, and I think that's that's the thing. And it is life changing, yeah, isn't it? And you've done yours where you you know all of that stuff that we want. Yeah, it still isn't enough until you find that yeah. nice counterbalance of something that's for someone else. Yeah, and then as you said it, you said it very well that, and then the circle's complete. Then, yeah, you know, uh, I think that's a great thing to end it on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thanks for uh, giving me your time this morning. I know you're a busy man. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it has been an absolute honour and a delight to appear. <laughs> really, no, no problem. And what we'll do, we'll make sure at the end of this, people uh, like when you click on the link, there'll be all the links to the charities that are involved, service trust your charity and all that to make sure that people can jump on and have a look well have a great day sir yeah well thanks ever so much again cheers mate cheers